Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. And that's the funny thing about it. Sometimes when issues are this serious, we don't have a conversation about them. You state your case, you stand your ground, and you just move on. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance, all of our guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Back to the big story in just a few minutes about Philip Rivers retiring from the NFL. Kyrie mentioned a conversation. You think one thing about Kyrie, and it's really hard for you to think anything else. He's a polarizing guy. That's the way it is in sports. But after missing seven straight games, could be back in action tonight. The Nets are going to be in Cleveland, of course, a place he does well, a team for which he hit one of the greatest shots in NBA history. Oftentimes, Kyrie said he's misunderstood, doesn't really want to open up to me or you or anybody. He doesn't have to. That's not his prerogative. But he did say this yesterday after practicing with his return anticipated tonight. This was raw, honest, visceral. It might be a little standoffish, but this is who he is, and he's being totally honest about it. When you take a break from everything, there's just so many assumptions about what's going on. And so many people feel like they know me best. They have no idea who I am or what I'm about or what I stand for or even attempt to take the time or even for me to invite them to take the time. So it's a two-way street. Um, And when things become overwhelming in life, you know, you just got to take a step back and realize what's important. And I love to play. That's never been questioned. I've committed myself. Hmm. Jay, what do you make of that? That's pretty real. You know, when this whole thing first came out, that's why I said I needed context. I, um, there were a lot of people that, jumped the gun about Kyrie needs to, you know, quit playing basketball or I know Stephen A said that he needed to retire. And I know what Stephen A was talking about. I just don't know how life affects everybody. And I think that was one of the biggest things for, for Kai. Now I, I don't think that excuses the lack of communication that he had with the likes of Sean Marks and the organization. Um, but at the same time, if Kyrie addressed these issues with his teammates and addressed these issues with the front office, then at the end of the day, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. And it, it does continue to remind me and I think a lot of us that we live in a very sensationalizing, polarizing society where things become inflamed very quickly. Um, now, granted, I think a little bit that is on Kyrie Irving, too, uh, but Key, we talk about this headlines and, and clicks and the polarizing subject matters that we talk about in order to get people to lure in. Like one of the things we don't talk about enough is the fact that Kyrie Irving has paid for tuition for nine HBCU kids at Lincoln University or the fact that he's bought George Floyd's family a home after dealing with that scenario or the fact that he's donated one point five million dollars to the WNBA for those players that chose to opt out due to pre-existing conditions or issues that they didn't feel comfortable with as it relates to family members. There isn't enough attention focused on the positive things that people are doing in the world because we like to focus on issues that are just affecting the team or basketball and they become very quickly uh, hypersensitive and issues that get blown out of proportion. I'm not saying that this didn't deserve to go to the point it did because of the miscommunication, but at the same time, we're not focusing attention on the positive things people do in the community as well. Yeah, it, you know, the communication with the teammates in the front office at the time that 
we were trying to figure out what Kyrie was doing. I had no preconceived notions at all I, because I'm the type of person I'm a wait. You know me, Jay. I'm going to take a wait and yep. see approach. I'm not diving into it head first because everybody else all of a sudden makes a decision that Kyrie is not, you know, communicating with a team because clearly he was doing something. He wasn't just sitting at home twiddling his thumbs. He was active at doing something. And I know there was a video, a viral video at a party and a viral video at a political event. I get all of that. But he was doing something, whether it was George Floyd or whether it was checking in on the HBCU students or whatever it may have been. That's his prerogative. I get it 100%. As long as he had, when he got back, communicated and explained to his teammates in the front office and the head coach and the assistant coaches, and they got it, I'm fine with it. I don't – he doesn't need to explain nothing to me. I, I Play basketball, man. Go out there and try to get a W against Cleveland. That's all I can say. And the last thing I say about Zubin is, once again, not excusing the lack of communication um, or the, the protocols that were in place by the NBA. I think you, you try to do your best to follow those protocols for the safety of everybody. I think he was wrong in that regard. But in a year where – I mean, think about Carl Anthony Towns. And a lot of people may not know this. Carl Anthony Towns now for the Minnesota Timberwolves has contracted COVID, okay? He's lost seven family members to COVID. Seven family members to COVID. So in, in a time where people are losing loved ones – is it the worst thing that we've ever seen that Kyrie Irving was at a birthday party with his sister? I, just to put it in perspective, right? Or even if he was at home and he was doing nothing, let's just say maybe he needed a second. Is that the worst thing? I mean, I, granted, when people you hear about the money and you know nine hundred thousand dollars and people are losing jobs left and right, I get how all that looks. But for the mental health aspect of it, for somebody who is complex, we're all complex to a degree. Is that the worst thing? Or as my mom will say, this too shall pass. I'm not, I'm not worried about the financial ramifications of him losing I know, I'm money. just saying optically, Key, how no, some people I, will try to take I, it and spin it. You know no, what I mean? I understand the spin doctor is amazing. But I worry about the mental health aspect of it. We all, at some times in our lives, depending on what we're doing, we get burned out for a minute. We need to take a step back, what, no matter what it is. Dealing with my kids every single day, it's like... I need to let me go downstairs and let me get two hours. Exactly. Just let me get the two hours and then we can all come back and chill because you need a break. I mean, think about why we have vacations here at ESPN and what we do. We go nonstop, man. At some point I get burned out talking about the damn nets (laughs) and I get burned out talking about the Lakers and the jets and football. And then, you know, so let me just, I need a couple days to just, Right? Is that is something wrong with that? No, not at all. I think as long as you know where I'm at and I'm explaining it to you, right? <laughs> For sure. And that's one thing I know you wanted to get Kyrie on to. Just let your teammates know, let your coaching staff know, and it's nobody else's business. That's it. One thing I wanted to mention from the Kyrie soundbite, the audio there where we played, I think is really instructive. And it's something I heard him broach for the first time. But just because right now there's such a divide between athletes and the media that's covering athletes, with so many athletes believing today, the media is in a gotcha role. All we're looking for is that Mm. picture. All we're looking for is that Instagram post, and then we can go crazy. The one thing I thought that Kyrie said that was really instructive was he said, I'm going to paraphrase here. He said, listen, um, sometimes you guys don't really know what's going on. And that's true. We're only looking at his play. We don't know the whole story and we're criticizing him for not being there. But what's the second thing he said after that? He goes, and you know, sometimes guys, I don't let you in. It's a two way street. So for the first time, Kyrie is acknowledging, yes, 
Obviously, the media is going after Kyrie. Why isn't he playing? What's he doing to his teammates? He's being paid by the Nets. All of these things from a basketball perspective. But for the first time, I heard Kyrie Brochin say, you know what? Maybe just maybe if I let you guys in a little bit, not that I have to, as Key has always said, it's not the media's business, it's not the fans' business, but you know what? He used the word two-way street. If I let you in and you sort of understand where I'm coming from, maybe your reporting would be a little bit different. That's a bridge that I haven't seen Kyrie at all talk about until yesterday, and I think that's important. It, it is, but when I let you in, and I've never let you in before, mm-hmm. now all of a sudden, guess what you're getting ready to do? Right. You're getting ready to start digging because you can't help yourself. Right. So now I'm sitting back and now I'm a little reserved because you want to start digging in my trash can. Everything I do, every move I make, because you need to deliver a story. For the first time, it's open a crack. And now we want to bust the door wide open. And Zubin, I think this think also... About it. I'll give you a rope, you want to be a cowboy. <laughs> Very true. But I, I think this also, if he addresses with teammates, I think this makes their bond stronger. I mean, everybody on this team, think about the way James Harden has been criticized most of his career, and especially the way on the way out the door with Houston. Granted, the way he handled it, even though he got to where he wanted to be, or Kevin Durant, um, you know, with Golden State, going to Golden State, you know, what's going on between him and Russell Westbrook and relationships and all these different things that have happened throughout the course of the year. Sometimes things in life force teams to come together, this could be one of those moments that force the Nets to come together. And what's interesting that you say that, though, Jay, and I don't know this for a fact, but I would assume that throughout the course of his absence that Kyrie was in some sort of communication with somebody on that bench. I don't know who, but I just would assume. It's, yo, dog, I'm good, man. Don't even worry about me. I'm going to be back. Don't say nothing to nobody. I'm chill. This is what I'm doing. I could just assume that because you always have some sort of ally yeah. that you play with. I don't care who. It might be the last guy at the end of the bench. That you don't know what the relationship is. People try to find out, but they know the relationship. And you're my guy, so I'm going to tell you what I need to tell you, Zubin. Just don't let Pete and Evan them know. Don't even say nothing. Don't tell Justin nothing. I'll be back next week. Just, just go to work, man. I'm good. Those conversations do take place in the locker rooms, as you know, Jay. That being said, Key, they ain't going to see us the whole month of February, Black History Month. We, we're out. We're Man, we, worked, we worked on Dr. King Day, so please <laughs> stop. Don't even. <laughs> Zubin can't do that. <laughs> Zubin can't do that but laugh. The whole month of February, we're taking off. <laughs> I'm out. Nah, that ain't going to happen. Nah, we'll, be yeah, we'll be here. Yeah, we're going to be working. And the one thing I would say to Jay's point, and I think it's a great point that he made, Everybody is different, but if the NBA has protocols and rules for everyone, even though Jay is 100% right, yes. if a guy just needs a couple hours to be with his family, and let's be honest, I mean, there are tons of people that are breaking coronavirus protocols all over the place and realize they're doing that here and there. If he needed that moment to get a break, unfortunately, the league can't treat him differently than somebody else who maybe is handling some of the issues in the country a little bit more strongly or isn't as affected as much as Kyrie. Unfortunately, there is a one size it's all rule for the NBA, mm. even though it maybe should be individualized in situations and, like this. And they need to do what they need to do, that they put the protocols in place, whatever the punishment is or whatever they find or whatever, they need to handle it accordingly. Indeed. Let's move on this morning and talk a bunch of sports with Taylor Twelman. He's our ESPN lead soccer analyst. He's also one of the co-hosts. Go! Keep going. Keep going. You got to hold it longer than that. <laughs> Hang on Drink some water, you and Zubin. Drink did some Andres water. Did Andres Cantor? Did you just hit the SAP button on ESPN? Did you just hit the SAP? Oh, button? I can, I can go. I can, I can pipe it though, Jay. If you really wanted me to, but how I don't long wanna... could you go, Key? 
Let me know. see how long you can go. Let me see how long you can go. Go ahead. Prove it. Go! That's impressive. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Okay, I, I, I can't, Jay, I can't hear what you just said. I'm now deaf. Jay, I can't hear a word you just said. You got to turn on your volume, Keith. Keith. What did you That's just say? I can't hear what you just said. <laughs> Let's bring in our man, Taylor Twelman, ESPN's lead soccer analyst. He's described many goals throughout his career. Also, one of the new hosts of the newly resurgent Sports Nation. What's old is new again. You can see it every day streaming on ESPN Plus. What did you think of that? Uh, are, are you shaking in your boots, do you think, Taylor? Maybe if you leave the booth, you think he's right in with that call? Or what do you think here? Well, here's the issue. You know when you go to a concert? I know all of us haven't gone to a concert in a long time, and you wake up the next morning and you hear the, like, that's kind of what I'm listening to right now after Key just pulled that off. Was it good, though? It was fantastic, my okay. man. It All was right. actually fantastic. It just, I, I may need to go see an ear doctor later, but it is what it is. Well, you know, you, you, you've covered a lot of sports, and, and concussions is heavy in soccer as well as in football. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. How long should it take to recover from a concussion? You've had quite a few, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, Key. And Zubin, to answer your question, as a pro athlete, I probably had three. And then you go back with my family and you go through, you know, college and high school and grade school, and you'll be very transparent with how you go through that. I've had, you know, diagnosed concussions. I've had about six or seven of those. Mm-hmm. So, but that's going all the way back to when I was four. Key, that's the most important question when you look at this Mahomes thing. And I want to make this abundantly clear. You know this better than anyone But Jay and Zubin, you know this because you guys are covering sports. It was a huge amount of progress shown from the NFL, the fact that Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes were not put back into those games. Key, you know this better than anyone. That was smelling salts, fourth quarter comeback, three, five years ago. Yes. And so when you see those two star players not being put back in, that shows you that, you know what, the NFL is actually trying to do this right. And that is a massive, massive sign. However, and this is a big however, the next stage of real progress comes to the protocol. And you guys have diagnosed the protocol. Everyone has looked at the protocols, flipped the the rocks up and down, looking at this protocol. And this protocol is in a microscope because of what Patrick Mahomes is going to go through. Now, all of us are pretty much going to say the same thing. We expect to see Patrick Mahomes play. Why? Because to answer Key's question, over 95% of concussions in the NFL, those players return in less than seven days. The biggest issue with the concussion protocol is step five, full football activity and clearance. Who's going to do full football activity and clearance before an AFC championship game when you're the quarterback? Not a single soul. So the problem with the protocol is that the athlete does not fully know if he or she is ready to play because of that step five, because nobody is going to hit a quarterback as hard as they can before an AFC championship game, and quite honestly, before any NFL game, because those quarterbacks especially aren't going to know. So that first hit doesn't come until the next game when oftentimes it may be too late, it may be too soon, 
that's where the next step of progress really has to come, Key. But I'm not totally sure you're going to be able to pull that off in the NFL because during a regular season, that full football activity step, I'm not sure it really happens. So how do you fix it, Taylor? Oh, boy, that, that's an interesting one. Quite honestly, it's information and science and data that says, you know what, wait, wait a minute. So maybe this is a 9-, 10-day recovery, and it's not a 5- to 6-day recovery, Jay. Uh, that's what it is. That's transparency, which the NFL is still trying to fight through their old ways and be transparent with this injury, and they're trying to evolve. And at times we see that, like we just went over last weekend, and at times we still see – the barbaric nature of the sport where you're trying to rip each other's head off and that's the nature of the sport. So I don't know that answer, Jay. I do know though, when you talk to neurologists around the world that are not affiliated with football, very few, if any say, Oh yeah, no five, six days is enough. Taylor Twelman, our lead soccer analyst, co-host of Sports Nation on ESPN Plus, and a guy that has dealt with concussions throughout his soccer career, is joining us this morning on the Goodyear Hotline as we continue to talk about Patrick Mahomes and the concussion protocol leading to the AFC Championship game on Sunday. A few minutes ago, it was announced that Philip Rivers retired. 240 straight starts to end his career. The only guy with a longer stretch, the NFL's all-time Ironman, Brett Favre, at 297. And if you've watched football or ever watched Favre, you knew this guy took more hits and stood in the pocket maybe grander than anyone ever did knowing he was going to take shots absorbing them it became a part of his legend well guess what now he's retired now he's over 50 and he's had a change of heart listen to this taylor he told this yesterday to tmz sports and we'll get your reaction i played 321 straight games it it, it kind of goes against everything that i i've yeah, you know, I stood for it when I played. But you got to be smart. You got to be smart. I was never faced with a decision that he potentially will face this week. Uh, and ultimately, the the decision may fall on the doctors. Um, and if they choose that he doesn't play, then it's the right move um, because of long term damage. And when you're in the moment. And you're young, you're bulletproof, man. I'm 51 years old, and I wonder what tomorrow will bring because of concussions more than anything. Taylor, what do you make of that? Oh, it's Brett Favre, someone that um, I don't think was honest with himself while he was playing. Now all of a sudden changing a tone and trying to be a messenger and trying to be honest about it. Uh, that also sounds like someone to me, guys, quite frankly, that – is struggling, uh, struggling with his everyday life with certain things and concussions being part of that. Um, I, From what I know of Mahomes, from what I know of the Kansas City Chiefs that are owned by the Hunts, which obviously own a, a couple, you know, the MLS teams that have been very involved in soccer, they're going to be very transparent. But Mahomes in 2021 can't say he lacks education. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, Taylor Twelman, we actually can raise our hand and say, you know what? We didn't really know a ton about concussions. We knew what they were. We knew something was there. But we don't know what we know now. And so my money is also on Patrick Mahomes. He's an athlete. Here he is in 2021. He understands the magnitude of the game. But he also cannot raise his hand and say he doesn't understand the magnitude of concussions. And I'm going to have faith 
that Patrick Mahomes, through the, out, through the entire concussion protocol, is going to be as honest as possible with the Chiefs. Guys, that's the only thing I can believe in. Because education is power. That's the one thing I wanted to change in 2008 when my career was completely taken away from me and there was no World Cups anymore. There was no going to Europe, whatever that may be. You've just got to be transparent. You've got to be honest. Athletes in 2021, they can't say they lack education. So, Zubin, that's all I can bank on with Mahomes and the Chiefs medical staff and the independent doctors because that's the faith I have that education is power in 2021 versus 2008 when I was playing. It's a fascinating cross-pollination talking about your experience in soccer and how it relates to football, and I totally agree with you when Favre said, I don't know what tomorrow will bring. Mm. He's saying something there, and I'm glad you picked up on it. It's great to catch up with you. You can check out Taylor and the gang every single day, Sports Nation streaming anytime you want on ESPN+. Taylor, thank you. All right, tea. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, boys. Uh-huh. Key, get some tea. <laughs> <laughs> That's with Taylor honey, Dwelling. with honey and lemon. <laughs> It'll help the voice, no doubt. That's Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including Taylor Twelman, joins us and joined us on the Goodyear Hotline. No, he's totally right. Like you, you. When I played, man, I took some wicked shots mm-hmm. and some wicked hits, and in. I went back in games when I probably shouldn't have gone back in games because I didn't know I wasn't educated on the concussion. I wasn't forced to go back in it, but it was one of those deals where it's like, oh, man, I'm I'm good. I'm straight. I'm, I'm There's no fog there. I can see clearly. I understand everything that you're saying. I'm ready to get back out on the field and play. Yeah, it's like Brett Favre said. You're young. You're impenetrable. You can feel you can get through. No, see, look. Oh, that's a hit. Oh, boy. If you're watching on television right now, Keith. That, that is a, that a, was a night night hit. Detroit Lions. And I came back in the game two plays later. Look at the stat line. But but that is a night night hit. Wait, wait, Keith. Look, your eyes are wide open during that whole time. That, that's the part I don't think people recognize when you got hit. Your eyes were open. But look it at almost, my face. It's I'm like, like a blank stare. Look, look what I say, man. This damn quarterback. Man, please. I, when I do you so check mad. the earring? When do you check the earring? I checked it when I got to the sideline. You know, I checked it, had to. Just make sure the earring was still in. Now, I, I had a little bit of a headache, as I remember, but it wasn't to the degree where I could not play. You would have quit right there, Jay Will. Oh, I know. Yeah, you would have you checked out and said, I'm done. I can't play football no more. Zubin, this body is not built for that life. <laughs> By the way, for our radio listeners, if you want to just catch it later, literally go to YouTube and put in literally these words. Keyshawn Johnson gets destroyed. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Put that into I did, YouTube. I did get destroyed, but I bounced back up and kept it moving. <laughs> and we'll keep it moving on the way. So how does this breaking news about Phil Rivers' retirement impact, you know, the NFL is so twisted in so many ways, impacted the Jets possibly getting Deshaun Watson, the retirement of a Colt affecting the Jets trying to get a Texan? The answer from the biggest Jets fan we have. Greeny is next on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin right here on ESPN Radio. Wednesday, we're counting down the days towards the NFL's Final Four, and we'll do it with a Hall of Famer, one of the great linebackers of all time, Mike Singletary, among my guests. It's Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. Good morning. I'm Zubin Mahenti here with your Sports Center update. Greeny here in one minute to talk about the retirement of Philip Rivers and what it might mean for his team, Gang Green. The team that's making waves in baseball this morning, the Blue Jays, who have signed George Springer to a six-year, $150 million deal. It's only the second $100 million deal ever handed out by the Jays. Trivia time. Vernon Wells, 126 mil back in the day. Back in the day, Tiger Woods had a microdisectomy, back surgery. It's happening again. He's going to end up missing the next two events, which is really a shame because one is the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines, an event he has won seven times. And if you're a golf fan, you remember the epic 08 U.S. Open win at Torrey Pines on one leg. The next event he's going to miss, also a shame, it's the Genesis Invitational, which has been sponsored by the Tiger Woods Foundation. We'll hope Eldrick gets back out there quickly. But those are a couple of tough ones. Great memories at those places in Southern Cal. But hopefully we'll see Tiger back sooner rather than later. And sooner rather than later, the Atlanta dream of the WNBA will be sold. As you may know, they have been owned for about the last 10 or 11 years by outgoing U.S. Senator Kelly Leffler. She lost a runoff election in the state of Georgia. Her team was adamantly opposed to some of her political views. Although the WNBA said they would not force her to sell, but there are five bidders and one of them will take over the Atlanta dream of the WNBA. And SportsCenter is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Look, we all accidentally damage our phones. It happens. Now, Straight Talk Wireless new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection, just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at assurion.com slash straight talk limitations and exclusions apply. As Dan Orlovsky said on our show, when you're 25 and in the prime of your career, there should be about 25 teams immediately making calls to the Houston Texans. We call on our man, Greeny, joining us from 250 feet around the corner this morning on the Goodyear hotline. Mike, of course, is the host of Greeny, which you can see 10 a.m. Eastern time or listen to at 10 a.m. Eastern time on many of these ESPN radio stations. Mike, I want to kind of get your thoughts on the retirement of Philip Rivers, so that opens up an opportunity for Deshaun Watson to maybe go to another suitor, another team like Indy. Granted, it's in the division. I totally get that. That so it kind of maybe wouldn't have the cachet it would normally have. Maybe it doesn't get deal done for that specific reason. But how do you think it affects the Jets as you've got now one more team that has a quarterback opening? Well, I mean, he either is going to be interested in being on the Jets or he isn't. And I'm not sure what the Indianapolis Colts opening will have to do with that. Um, if Deshaun Watson decides he wants – at the end of the day, Deshaun is going to have a lot to say about where he goes because of his no-trade clause. I'm not telling you guys anything you don't already know. The Colts, to me, if I'm a quarterback looking for a place to go and try and win a championship, that feels like about as good an option as you could possibly have in the NFL. You play your home games in a dome. They have an excellent defense. They have an excellent offensive line. They have a, a young weapon on the outside who's improving, and T.Y. is still pretty good. I think that would be a very attractive option, not only for Deshaun, but for someone like Matt Stafford if he's looking for a place to go to. And then the question that I think will be most, most interesting, Keyshawn, is Carson Wentz. I would assume that based upon the firing of Doug Peterson and everything else that has happened there, that there is no conceivable chance 
that the Eagles trade Wentz. But the combination of Wentz, the connection of Wentz to Frank Reich, is one that we put together before they made the big changes in Philadelphia, and it seems at least worth bringing up again today. Yeah, it, it, it could have some merit, obviously, depending on what they're looking to Indianapolis to give up for Carson Wentz. But let me ask you about the New York Jets and the possibility to shine Watson, a lifelong Jet fan that you are. How excited of the possibility that Deshaun Watson could somehow wind up in New York? Well, how excited can you be? I mean, what, what, what is the <laughs> maximum that you're offering me? Like, if, if this is on a scale of 1 to 10, I would put it at about 16. Look, when you're a fan of the Jets, these are like the best things that generally happen to us. Like, once the season starts, everything almost always goes to hell in a handbasket. So the best thing that happens to us is that there are rumors we might wind up with Deshaun Watson, and he likes a photo of himself in a Jet uniform on Instagram. That's about the apex of Jet fandom these days. Look, the reality is, as Adam Schefter tweeted over the weekend, there is no team that could offer the Texans more for Deshaun Watson than the Jets can if they choose to. That doesn't mean that Deshaun wants to come here. I... The, 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 the picture that he liked on Instagram sort of led us down that path, and that would obviously be phenomenal. If he wants to come here, this probably is where he will wind up, and it would be spectacular. He is a quarterback who is already a top-five player in the league and probably hasn't even entered his prime yet. Plus, he has absolutely every intangible you could ever ask for. You don't need me to tell you how great he is. So, certainly, whatever it is the Jets need to give up to get him, I would be in full favor of doing Why do you think Robert Sala is the best coach for the Jets post-Adam Gase era? Well, I mean, first of all, no two people could be more diametrically opposed to each other, right? They just seem to be completely different people. Um, And the second is that now there's one thing that we can say every single week going into a game as fans of the Jets. Our coach is cooler looking than your coach. There is no cooler looking coach in the entire sport, I think, than Salah. Um, and look, I mean, I, I will just take the word of Richard Seymour and everybody else who has played for him and been around him. And I will tell you, too, I trust you guys saw this story. Um, I saw it in the New York Post over the weekend, but I'm sure it was in a lot of places about uh, his life experience. He's a guy whose brother was almost killed in the World Trade Center, and at that time, Robert Sala had sort of chosen a path in his life in which he was going to be working in desk jobs, much safer path, um, and decided after his brother's near-death experience that he wanted to go pursue his dream. He wanted to live something that he was passionate about. And so there's something about that that I like. There's something about the fact that he was one who had other options in his life and found his way back to football and now has risen to this extraordinarily le- extraordinary level. There are just a lot of things about him I like. So is there any reason, is there any way to know with certainty he's going to do a great job? Obviously not. And mostly it will be determined by the players that wind up playing for him. Um, but from what I've seen so far, I couldn't be happier with the choice that they made. Greeny, your name is no longer Mike Greenberg. Your name is Nick Casario. How do you save the Texan situation with Deshaun Watson? How would you do it? Well, I mean, look, it, it's, it seems to me as though um, something has happened there and these are things that I believe will come out, that Deshaun feels is irreparable or things have happened that are irreparable. They clearly go well beyond bad personnel decisions and trading away DeAndre Hopkins. And I think they even go beyond what he considered to be the slap in the face of suggesting you were going to be looking for his input when you made these big decisions and then not doing so. 
I think that the problems go deeper than that. Um, that's just what you hear. You guys all know what I'm talking about. We all hear the same things, mm-hmm. perhaps from different people. If that is the case, I-, I think that you need to sit down with him if you are a person who doesn't have anything to do with that. I mean, presumably, Nick Casario showed up a week ago. He has nothing to do with any of that. And just say, Deshaun, what's it going to take? At the end of the day, you and I need to be partners in this thing. This is your franchise. We might as well be called the Houston Watsons at this point because you are overwhelmingly the best and most important thing we have. What is it going to take to make you want to be here? And if ultimately the answer comes back, it is completely impossible, then look, there are worse things you can be than a 4-12 and team with, who has the, the, the best trading chip of all time. This will be the biggest trade in NFL history. When you consider who Watson is, what he is, and where he is in his career, there, will never, there has never been a trade as, as meaningful as this. So you can completely remake your team in one fell swoop. So as devastating as trading away a great player like Deshaun is, the fact that you have the ability with all the years left on his contract to get as much back as you can means you're not in a position of absolutely zero leverage. So my first option would be to say to him, you tell me, Deshaun, what do I do to make you want to stay here? Help me help you. And if ultimately the answer comes back, there is no conceivable way, well, then you have, I guess, until April to figure out a trade, and you should be getting back exactly what I just heard Mike Tannenbaum saying as you were introducing me. Um, Three number ones and one or two other really good young players, and you remake your roster on the fly, and you see where you go from there. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Potentially the biggest trade in NFL history as they go from the Oilers to the Texans to the Watsons, and in 21 minutes we'll change you from Casario back to (laughs) Greeny. Mike will have Mike Singletary, the Hall of Famer, join him at 10.15 a.m. Eastern, and Matt Light an hour later He's had some very interesting comments this year about Bill Belichick and what the Pats have done and obviously the insight into Tom Brady. That's coming up 10 a.m. Eastern on many of these ESPN radio stations. Greeny, thank you very much. Thanks, not Greeny. only that. Yes, not <laughs> only that, but Jay will your appearance today on Get Up gave me another segment. I'm going to explain. I'm going to tell you the one thing no one is saying about Kyrie Irving that you need to listen to. I'll say something about Kyrie Irving I haven't heard anyone else say that I think is the most important thing to say about him this season. That's why he's the top teaser in all of broadcasting. I've heard that a thousand times since I've worked there, but it's true, every single one of them. Greeny, we will see you at the top of the hour. Appreciate it. I'll be tuning in, Greeny. Thank you, fellas. Good to see you. Same to you. All right. On the way, Phillip Rivers has retired. The guy that coached him for nearly 100 games in his NFL career, Norv Turner, joins us next. There's nothing wrong with being a third pick in the draft, Zubin. It makes a lot of money, okay? I've accepted that as the second pick. You got to have three men for a three-man weave. That's you do, brother. (laughs) You can't do the three-man weave unless I'm pulling up the wagon. It's demon time on prize picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepicks.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com morning, code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy.
Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. But in all honesty, it's one really big thing. Phillip Rivers, probably the most statistically accomplished quarterback that has not played in the Super Bowl, has retired, but he'll be on his way to Canton sooner or later. And for a little more perspective, Key, we're going to welcome in a guy that coached Phillip Rivers for six years for nearly 100 games, 96 regular season games. They had great playoff magic together, Norv Turner. How you doing there, Coach? Long time. Hey, it's been a long time. How are you guys? We're doing good, man. Let me ask you, uh, how surprised were you that Phillip, after playing so well this this season, especially down the stretch, made a decision to move on with his life? Well, it caught me off guard this morning. Uh, you know, I've gotten a number of calls. Uh, you know, it's uh, you knew you knew that it was in his thought process. Uh, something he's he's talked about the last couple of years, taking it year by year, and and uh, you know he's got nine kids at home. I'm sure his wife is pulling at him to get get back home and help out. So uh, you know I was surprised uh, the way he played. I thought he uh, would give it another run, but uh, you know he he had a great career. At you coached him for a long time there in San Diego with the Chargers. Tell us what would be the most memorable moment that you had with Philip. Well, there's so many, so many great moments with with Philip. Uh, you know, we won the division the, the first three years we were there together, and uh, you know he had he had such great production the entire time we we're there. And uh, you know, the last couple of years we we got real thin in the offensive line, and and he just. He, he didn't let him phase him. He just fought through it and, and competed. And, uh, you know, he's, as you know, as, as anyone who watches him knows, he's, he's a true warrior. But uh, the, bit, the, the one that has to jump out is, you know, uh, we beat Indianapolis, but Peyton and those guys, it was an unbelievable game. And Phillip got hurt late in the game, uh, had an unbelievable day, uh, throwing touchdown passes. I think he brought us from behind three times in the game. Uh, before he got hurt, but he had his knee scoped on Monday and, and, uh, you know, didn't practice till Friday. They had him, I don't know, they had him hooked up to some machine that kept his knee moving so it wouldn't swell and tighten up and, and all that. And then, uh, you know, we went into New England and, and, uh, he played his butt off and he competed as, as, as at a high a level as you can. And, you know, we gave him a heck of a run that night uh, up against some pretty stiff odds. That was their undefeated team. But uh, just seeing him go through that week, uh, you know, I'll never forget that. Coach, I just want to quickly mention 
that game you're talking about against the Pats, 13 years ago today. So a little symmetry with Philip Rivers retiring. Jay? That's, that's amazing. I'm, I'm still uh, thawing out from that game 13 <laughs> that was years cold later. Out. That was cold out <laughs> but I tell you one thing, there's a play, uh, you know, in it. I, I, I saw Brable's comments uh, on, the, on the ball that was intercepted. He thought should have been pass interference when he questioned the official. Well, Brable's the guy that leg-whipped Phillip. And uh, Asante Samuel intercepted the ball. Philip couldn't get anything on it. He had a guy's leg swiping his legs out from underneath him. Uh, and I always give Brable a bad time that, you know, if they, if they called that penalty, uh, we would have had the ball at midfield and they wouldn't have had the ball. And that, that was one of their touchdown drives. So, you know, it's funny how karma and what goes around comes around, right? Yep. Coach, how do you respond to people – and I hate this because Key and I both thought you can do so many things throughout the course of your career that can warrant greatness. But when people only through their minds see greatness with winning championships, how do you respond to people when they say, well, Philip Rivers never won it. He never won it. How do you respond to that? You know, it's a, it's a tough one because, you know, that's what, you know, when you, when you sign up and you go to a team, uh, whoever it is, you see all these new coaches this year, uh, there's one goal in mind, and that's that's to go win a Super Bowl. Uh, you, know, you know, the reality of it is, uh, you know, there's only one team that's gonna that's gonna win it. And uh, you know, Philip uh, was in an era where there was a team that that's won six of them. You know, over the over his 17 year career, you know, they they've kind of knowing it's kind of dominated. And and uh, there's a lot of things that go into it. I think uh, Philip through most of his career has played at a championship level. And, uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't end the way you want it to, but, uh, there's no question his production and everything he's done. Uh, you know, it's, uh, he's played at a championship level and, and you can't deny, you know, he's fifth in all time yardage, all the things that the, the number of starts in a row, second to Barb in that area. Uh, there's there's too many things that are at championship level and and I know being with them those six years and watching them compete and you know he's he's the reason we won a lot of those games and uh, you know he's he's uh, you know he's very very deserving of, of any of the uh, acknowledgments he gets and I, I see him as a Hall of Fame quarterback. I would concur. Great trip down memory lane, Coach. Really appreciate you joining us, helping to put into perspective the career of one of the best quarterbacks of his era. Thank you, Coach. Don't stay Thanks, away coach. too long okay, now, guys. Norv. <laughs> okay, I'll see you, Key. All right, but... It's been a long time. Uh-huh. Great to have him back. I want to go back to that 2007 postseason, and we talked about how things always come full circle with the idea that that game that everybody referenced, the game Jay referenced six days after the scope, was 13 years ago to the day. That playoff run, that magical playoff run, which could have ended a little bit different for the Chargers, it actually started, believe it or not, with a win over the Tennessee Titans, who's the team, of course, that just edged the Colts and Phillip Rivers this year to win the division. Then, of course, we're talking about the Colts, the team that Phillip Rivers ended his career with. You heard Norv say the great battle with Peyton Manning. And then 21-12 on January 20th, 13 years ago. And he'll be in Canton sooner rather than later. The production, the numbers are mind-boggling. Yeah, he's certainly a Hall of Fame quarterback. Now, whether he goes in first ballot or whatever, go jacket is a go jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's unfortunate that they didn't win it all with LaDainian Thomason when he was there and they had Antonio Gates there. And so when you look at it, Jackson at the receiver. So they had a lot of great pieces, yeah. Vincent Jackson. They had a lot of great pieces in San Diego. They just kept coming up short. Zubin, the last thing I'll just say on yeah. Philip Rivers is, uh, you know, from people that have played the game who get a sense of how difficult it is to win a championship, and how there is an element of luck that everything needs to go exactly correct to do that. You recognize that greatness isn't always reflected in rings that you get. It's uh, longevity also in this career speaks volumes about who you are and how you play. That longevity is very important. Yeah, things are changing. We've talked about it all morning, but at its core, football is a game of toughness. And if you told me you started 240 consecutive games in the National Football League, that is an eye-popping figure. Greeny is next on many of these ESPN radio stations. He'll talk to the Hall of Famer Mike Singletary. He'll also talk to the former Pats offensive lineman Matt Light. He'll reflect on Belichick's tough year and, of course, what lies ahead for Tom Brady. We will see you tomorrow with Key's partner this weekend, the one and only Chris Berman. Greeny up next. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.